Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. One mom was out walking with her four-year-old daughter when her girl picked up something from the ground and started to put it in her mouth. The mother tells what happens in her own words. I took the item from away from her and asked her, don't do that. My daughter quickly asked, why? Because it's been lying outside and you don't know where it's been. It's dirty and probably has germs. At this point, my daughter looked at me with total admiration and asked, wow, how do you know all of this stuff? I thought quickly and said, all moms know this stuff. It's on the mommy test. You have to know it or they don't let you be a mommy. We walked in silence for about two to three minutes as she pondered this new information. Oh, I get it, she beamed. So if you don't pass the test, you have to be the daddy. (laughs) I smiled and replied, exactly. (laughs) As I was thinking about Mother's Day, and looking at the scripture and Ephesians and going back and forth, um, I believe God, again, just, just spoke to me. God, what do you want me to preach? What do you want me to teach on Mother's Day? Because I came across so many examples in the Bible. Here's, here's what I want you to think about. I love the picture of the mother of Moses, Jochebed, who cared so much, you guys know the story, for her son that she broke the law in order to teach him faith of his people. You go, how so? Well, remember what she did. First and foremost, the faith she had to put her little baby boy inside a basket and, and, and let him go down the Nile River. Oh, sure, she had a 12-year-old daughter kind of keeping an eye, but you never know what could happen in a river. But she had faith. She had faith and she had love. And then not only that, but think about when... Um, how much faith she had to instill in him the faith of God as she, was, as she was teaching him about the Lord. I want to encourage you moms, even with this story, because when you think about Moses, Moses from very little was being taught the Holy Scriptures by his mother. And what happened when he grew up, where did he go? He went to serve Egypt for a time. Egypt is a type of the world. How many moms had a broken heart knowing that their kid was brought up in scriptures only to run off to the world? But if you recall what God did, he realized faith in God and came back to his people. I thought, what a great encouragement, right? Moses did it. Moses was the prodigal. But Pastor Ben, you don't understand. My child is still out there. Keep praying. I bet you Jochebed did not stop praying for Moses. She saw him in the kingly palace and said, but that's not who he is. He's got the Lord inside. Another example we see, think about this, the sacrificial love of a mother who appeared before King Solomon and said to this king, I'm willing to have my son taken away by another woman than see anything happen to him. Thank God Solomon had the wisdom to make the right decision. 
Think about the mother of James and John, who loved her boy so much that she wanted him to sit by the Lord's side in the heavenly kingdom. Now, maybe a little pride in her boys, uh, maybe there's a little pride in her boys, but I believe she was driven by love for them. I want to take care of my boys. Now, Christian, I want you to tune in. I'm aware, I'm aware that Mother's Day is a difficult time for some of you. I, I understand that. And I've got to be honest with you, it was for me for a long time. Many of you know my story, but for the sake of our study, let me share with you. I don't know if you know this or not, but I was, uh, before I was born, guys, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Now, this is back in 1964, and we didn't have the medical technology that we have today. And so I'm told by my father that she endured many months of radiation treatment. I don't even think they had chemotherapy at the time. And on March 1st, as I was 18 months after I was born, on March 1st, 1967, my mom passes away due to breast cancer. Now, for a boy only a year and a half, I grew, out, I grew up without any knowledge of, of a mom. Now listen, for me, you talk about normal, it was normal just to have a dad. I didn't know any better. I didn't know, I, I heard other friends, and, and uh, again, but I did have something very, very close to a mom. You go, what did you have? I had an older sister. She, um, to me, was the only female in my life that would bring balance out to a house full of boys. Like I had two older brothers and they're a lot older. She was six years. She kind of, you know how moms are. She was the nurturing one. As I, I'm the baby. I'm, I'm, I'm the baby. I'm the baby. And so, and so, but I remember this. Mother's Day would come around every year. And like most schools would do back in the day, I don't know if they do it today. I don't think they do, but we would make Mother's Day cards for our moms. And I never liked that day. I, I didn't have a mom to share that day with, and I did the work, of course, and I made the card probably simply to throw it in the trash on the way out or when I got home. And then one day I thought, you know what? You know, my sister is kind of like a mom to me. Why don't I make a card, and I'll tell her how thankful I am to have her in my life. And I would do that for many years in elementary and then when I was 11 and a half years old, my sister was diagnosed with lung cancer. And four days after my 13th birthday, she went home to be with the Lord. All that to tell you this, I'm sensitive to the mothers who are having a hard time today. I'm sensitive to that. I want to be sensitive to, to the women here who desperately want to be a mom but can't right now. I want to honor those mothers, grandmothers, who not only have an amazing influence on their own kid's life, but also those who have an amazing influence on the other children as well. So I understand, church, that today might be a little hard. Perhaps today some of you are here and you didn't have the best mother in the world. Your mom was not like other moms. Some of you, like me, you had a mother who's died, who's gone on to be with Jesus. Some of you mothers have lost a child or children to death before you. 
I cannot imagine that at all. Some of you mothers today might even feel the pain of a wayward child, much like Jochebed did when Moses went back to Egypt. Oh, my boy, my boy. He's alive, but he's serving the world. And some of you single moms, as you work hard to nurture your child or your children, for that I understand. So today, I'd like to share a story with you. A story where we can get some great application for all of us, but it's a story about a grandmother and a mother and a little boy. Now, it's not about me, okay? So I've already told you my story. I'd like to introduce you to a young woman named Eunice. She was raised in a religious home, and she was greatly impacted by her mother, Lois. So you have Eunice growing up, Lois is her mother. She learned to love stories from the Bible when she was young. She enjoyed going to services where she could learn about God. As she approached her teenage years, she was still focused on spiritual matters. But then she became attracted to a young man who was not into religion at all. Against the best wishes of her godly mother, the teaching of her faith, and the tug of her own conscience, she married the man. Now, don't get me wrong, he was a nice guy, but thought spiritual matters were for weak people. After a couple of years of marriage, Eunice and her husband had a baby boy, and they named him Timothy. In the meantime, Eunice's dad had died, and so they asked their mother Lois to come and live with them. Now, little Timmy was a delight to everyone. Both his mother and his grandmother spent hours with him, teaching him the stories of the Old Testament, praying with him and praying for him, training him in the things of God. While they didn't own any veggie tales or have a Calvary Kids Club, they created a spiritual environment where tiny Tim could flourish. Then one day, a preacher named Paul came to their town of Lystra, and he spoke about a man named Jesus. Both Lois and Eunice listened intently. Then they saw Jesus in the fulfillment of all the promises in the Old Testament, and they placed their trust in him and were converted. These new believers, in turn, focused on teaching Timothy all about who Jesus was. And we know from reading the book of Acts that Paul himself took a personal interest in Tim, the teenager, partnering with his mother, and his grandmother led him straight to a saving faith. Later, Paul and Timothy partnered together in ministry as the gospel continues to spread throughout the area. Many years later... When Paul was in prison awaiting his execution, he writes two letters to young Timothy. These letters contain some teaching about how Timothy should behave as a church leader and are also filled with some reminiscing and nostalgia on Paul's part. As Paul writes these letters that we know as First and Second Timothy, he reflects on the mothers who made an impact on Tim's life. Now, with that as a background, I'm going to draw from three different passages of Scripture, two which are found in Second Timothy to show how a mother and a grandmother can make a spiritual, a significant spiritual impact on her children. And let me just say this too. 
within the text, I want you to understand that this grandmother and this mother made an impact with, or even in this case, without the help of a father. This is an encouragement to you. Women, moms, grandmas, you are strong in the Lord. You are strong in the Lord. Read with me to start off. Let's just go through it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, picking it up in verse 3. Paul writes, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in you also. Therefore, I'm reminded to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. Do you see? Your attention, please. This is what Paul is saying. As Paul is writing to little Tim, he's saying, think about this. Listen, I see the faith in you. I see the faith in you. I see how grandma brought you up in the faith. I see you how mom brought you up in the faith. I saw how many, I mean, mean, you could have uh, encountered how many stories of grandma Eunice and mom Lois just praying and crying out for young Timothy. Moms, I have an admonition for you. I have something that the Lord has put desperately on my heart. You see, moms, we live in a different world. The kids are not growing up the same as you did. We have to be even more diligently to teach them the scriptures than ever before. You see, back in the 80s, we could get away with it. Oh, yeah, we're going to church. We'll let the church handle it. We'll let Sunday school handle it. But I'm telling you right now, these kids are so much smarter they have, they're, just, they're just so much smarter that all... But, and, and, and so here's the admonition. We have to do so much more, moms. Your kids' lives depend on it. Grandmas, we have to do so much more. Think about what he said. He's going, Paul says, listen, I, I am filled with joy. And I call to remembrance the faith. The faith of who? The faith which first dwelt in Grandmother Lois, and then your mother Eunice. Maybe some of you here can relate when you think about your mom and the faith that she had. And the faith that she had and and how wonderful that is. And then he said, but I'm also persuaded that is in you as well. You see, I think there's some application for us there. We all need to have our own faith. You can't make it to heaven on your mother's faith. You can't make it to heaven on your grandmother's faith. You can't make it to heaven on your father's faith. You have to have your own faith. You're going to stand before a a, a heavenly father and you got to have your own faith. It's got to be resolved in you. As much as you would love, and I would love to stand there with my beautiful wife before God saying, we're married She's got to have her own faith. And I got to have my own faith. But let me just say this. I know it's Mother's Day, but let me say this. Men, men, you better be ready to give an account for your wife. 
We learned that last week. Do you remember? You need to give an account for your wife. Listen, listen. I gave you a wife. I gave you kids. That's your church. What'd you do with them? What'd you do with them? Men, what did we allow in our houses? What did we allow in our houses? What did we have? What, what did we allow to come in the front door? Oh, little Timmy, don't drink poison. That'll kill you. But what are we allowing in the front door? We have to be even more diligently. Ben, why are you? This is supposed to be a happy day. We got presents and everything. Chill. No, here's why. Here's why. Because, because the enemy has taken this to a whole nother level. Church, listen to me. They are going after our kids. They're going after our kids even before our eyes. They're going after our kids. They're trying to condition our kids. Moms, grandmas, dads, grandpas, we have, listen, if you're a Christian in here, if you're a fully devoted follower of God, you have an influence on people. Timothy had it, Eunice had it, Lois had it, and now here's my job, like Paul, I want to stir up the gift of God that's already in you. I want you to leave here to go, yes! I've got to do my part. I've got to. Well, I don't know about that Calvary. Pastor Ben told me get rid of the TV. I'm not telling you get rid of the TV. What I'm saying is you've got to do your part, men. Women, you've got to do your part. You've got to do your part. So with that, let's jump into the Word. The Word of God has something for all of us. Let me give you point number one. Jot this down. What Eunice and Lois do to young Timothy that we can do, you ready, is instill a respect for Scripture. That's the very first thing we need to do with our kids. Instill a healthy respect for the Word of God. For the Word of God. Listen to me. Listen to me. Our kids, our kids can spot hypocrisy a mile away. And unless this changes us, it's not going to change them. We have to go, listen, I have a healthy respect for this, and I want to instill that in my kids. I want to instill that in my grandkids. I want to instill that in the children's ministry. I want to instill that in whatever I need to do. I have a healthy Respect. The first way, moms, we can do this is by instilling within her children a respect for the Word of God. See, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 12 through 15, you don't have to turn there, Paul reminds Timothy that he wants everyone uh, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Then in verse 14, Paul urges Timothy to hang tough when, when, when tough times comes. He says this, but as for you, you ready? Continue in what you have learned and be convinced of because you know those whom you've learned it. 
See, little Timothy not only learned things cognitively, listen to me, he made a practice of owning what he studied by becoming convinced of its truthfulness. Wait, 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 you guys got to get that. You got to get that. He not only learned cognitively, he practiced what he learned. He was convinced of its truthfulness. He didn't just fill his head with truth. He internalized it, and he lived it out. That's a good place for an amen. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Listen to me carefully. I love Bible study more than anybody. But if we just simply go to Bible study without applying God's word, then we just have a head full of of knowledge. Timothy said, oh, not only am I learning, but I'm going to apply this in everyday life. I'm going to apply this everywhere I go. I'm going to apply what I've learned cognitively. Now, listen, Timothy wasn't 40 years old. He was a little kid, and he was already making an impact on the world. Parents, listen to me. It's not too young to have your kids impact the world. You pour the word of... But, 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 but think about what he said, guys. This is so amazing. He didn't just fill his head with truth. He internalized it. And then he lived it. Here's what's got to happen. You ready? It's got to make the 18 inches from up here to here so that we can live it out. We can live it out. Our kids, our kids, our kids, our kids need to see that we're living the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives. We cannot get away with do as I say, not as I do. Am I speaking truth to somebody? We can't get away with that. Well, you do it. Why? Because I said. We got to live it, church. Live it. We got to live it. We got to live it. Well, pastor, I've brought my kids up in church. I brought them up and they still left. But think about the hours you spent that's going to bring them back. When they, you got you to think about that. I bet Moses' mom cried a many tears as she saw uh, her people being abused by the Egyptians and her son is at the head of that old son. Oh, Lord, get a hold of his heart. Get a hold of his... Wait a minute. You realize what Moses left? Do you realize what Moses left? He left an Egyptian lifestyle of fame and fortune and riches to become common with his people. Because he had the faith of God in him. They'll come back if we just stay on our face and we stay on our knees. I think Timothy did this, church. You ready? Because he saw it modeled in his mom and his grandmother and even Paul himself. Oh, come on. That stings. Ouch. Timothy saw that because he saw it modeled. Listen to me. Parents, Christian, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. It's okay to make a mistake and go, listen, I'm, I'm, it's okay to go to your kid and say, I'm so sorry, I made a mistake. I blew it. I sinned. I'm so sorry. Daddy's trying to learn. Mommy's trying to learn. It's okay. What's not okay is when you live contrary to Scripture and your kids see it. And then you try to tell them, no, well, you need to live according to the word of God. 
Kids are smart these days. They're smart. So we have to be better through the power of the Holy Spirit. Take a look with me real quick. And if you don't want to turn there, that's okay. It'll be on the screen. 2 Timothy 3.15 describes to us what this truth was. Notice, 2 Timothy 3.15 says, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Since when? Since when? Since he was little. He was born. He was born. They've been, I mean, I mean, think about this. In a manner of devout Israelites, grandmother Lois and mother Eunice taught the Holy Scriptures to Timothy from the very beginning. You see, if you have a pencil handy, don't mind circling infancy. In some passion, it refers to newborn, baby, or toddler. Lois and Eunice teamed up to provide high-powered Bible study fellowships classes for young Timothy. For young Timothy, even before he could crawl. Now, let me stop you right there. That's it. That's it. My gra- Where's my grandson? He's one and a half years old. Sit down. We're going to have a Bible study. Yeah. My, my little grandson's going to be like, yeah, dream on. That's not how we do it. We don't sit down and say, all right, open to 1 Timothy. We're going to have a... Guys, there's a lot of ways you can teach the Bible at their level. Any level. Any level. But mom and grandma thought, wow, wow. Even before he could crawl, they would read to him. They talked about Samson and Samuel, David and Ruth, Abraham, Noah. They did everything they did could provide Timothy with an opportunity to learn all that he could about the Bible. Listen, moms, you can do that too. You can do that too. That is in you as well. But, 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 but Ben, okay, we'll get to that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want you to take note. These women, these women right here, they, un, they, they totally understood what God was declaring. Check out this. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 7 says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord... Our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are upon your hearts. Notice what he says. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. You see, Lois, Eunice, us, we understood. This is what we need to do. This is what he said. The Lord, the God is one. And we should love the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our soul. And listen, listen, listen. It's not a hard task to preach the gospel if it's in you and it's pouring through your pores. It's not hard. It's just coming out. It's just coming. This is who you are. Oh, yeah. I've had the eye rolls from my kids. I've had all of that. When, but, but they know this is... I want our kids to, this is who you are. This is who he is. This is who he is. This is, he's, he's a Christian. He's a Christian. Well, you're a pastor. You do that for a living. No, no, no. We're Christians first. We're Christians first. And then it just comes out. Be a sponge for Jesus. You know what a sponge does? A sponge soaks up everything that it's, it's, it's submerged into. If you put a, a sponge in a bucket of water, what's it going to soak up? 
And when does that water come out? When it's squeezed. When the world starts to squeeze you and all of its way, guess what comes out? Jesus! Jesus. Jesus. It, come, it just comes out. Guys, it just comes out. And this is what he's saying. I mean, think of all the ways the truth of the Bible in everyday life. Think about this. Think about this. You have little kids. I have a granddaughter. Grandpa, take me to the movies. Let's go see Mario Kart, whatever the movie was. So there we are watching a movie. But you see, you can show them the gospel in any movie. You can say, this, you remember the bad guy? That's a lot. You know, I mean, there's just lots of, and he says, while you're walking down the path, you're telling him about the Lord. You're t- guys, man, Cordy was so little, we'd walk, down the, we'd walk down the street and we'd stop at the corner. I said, okay, I can't tell you how many times I said, okay, we look to the right, we look to the left, we look to the right again. Is it clear? She's little, but you teach them over and over and over so they know not to cross the street when cars are coming. But spiritually, same thing. Same thing. Same thing. But I believe this applies to everyone, don't you? You go, how so? Well, here's how it applies. You ready, men? These two mothers had God's word in their hearts. Because they had internalized the truth in their own lives, they could impress it upon young Timothy by talking about it throughout the day, showing Timothy how the scriptures would impact everyone else's life. Listen, this applies to all of us. Every one of us should have God's word in our heart. Every one of us. Here's the problem. Man, I'm talking to you. We cannot say this is the task of the mom. This is the task of the mom. Mom does it better. Of course he does it better. But it's our job. It's our job. It's our job to internalize that as well. We're a team. We're a team. God made you one. You're a team. And, and, and again, both of you are studying the scriptures and you're internalizing it, guys. This is what it should be for all of us. We should not be lazy when it comes to God's word. We should be going, yes, yes. Moms, dads, grandmothers, everyone, listen, it's never too early to start teaching the Bible to your children and never too late to start if you haven't already. See, there's nothing that can replace the role of your, of, in your child's life. God wants you to instill within your child a respect for the Bible. Now, I know, I know, some of you say, hey, listen, Ben, my kids are grown. My kids are grown. What can I do? Well, I want you to see, as a Christian, that you can have a great influence on other kids. How so? We have tons of kids that need a good spiritual mom. We have tons of kids. Listen, I didn't get saved until I was 17 years old. I didn't get saved. My best friend's mom, when I got saved, became my spiritual mom. I'll never forget, I was sitting there and I was saved, and I was like, man, I don't have a, I don't even know where to get a Bible. So I jumped on my bike. They lived about four blocks away from me, five blocks. I jumped on my bike, and I went over to the house, and I knocked on the door. And um, we called her Nana at the time. She was Nana to everybody. I said, Nana, hey, um, do you have a Bible? Oh, mijito, sure. So she gave me a, bla- I still have that Bible. 
I, I, she gave me a Bible. It looked a lot like this, just a, just a Bible. I was like, ugh. So I got a Bible. And you know what I would do? I would put this Bible under my pillow every night, and I, would, and I just had my Bible, my Bible. And she was such a great godly influence in my life. And she would reprimand me just like, a, just like a, her son. Just like a son. And, uh, you know, here I am, a young teenager. I'm 17, right? I'm 17. And all the 80s concerts were coming around. Oh, there's a concert. Oh, Van Halen's coming. Van Halen's coming. Let's go to Van Halen. And she'd look at me and she'd go, wait, I can't see Van Halen? You know, and, and she just loved me and she poured into me biblical principles. I didn't have a spiritual mom and she took me in. You see, the point is, all y'all can do that to people if you'll just love on them. Just love on them. She was and still is an influential mom. I got to be honest with you. A while back, I was going through a really hard time. I was going through a really hard time a few years ago. And I remember I drove to my friend's house, and, and he goes, hey, you want to go see my mom? And I said, yeah. So we went, and uh, we saw her, and she was about 86 at the time. She's 90 now, several years ago. And, uh, man, I just broke down crying. I just broke down crying. Wow. The influence she had and just her, how much she loved Jesus was just so refreshing to me. I was like, wow. You go, Pastor, what's your point? Every one of us in this room has that ability to be that mom or that dad or that spiritual um, influence in somebody's life. Every one of us. Every one of us. Let me give you point number two. Point number two. Instill on authentic faith. Instill on authentic faith. Let me see. The second way to, in, to make an impact in the lives of your children is by instilling in them on authentic faith. Watch verse Timothy chapter, uh, or chapter 1 verse 5. I've been reminded of your sincere faith, he says. I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother, and I'm persuaded, lives in you. Here's the point. Even though Lois and Eunice were believers, listen to me, Timothy needed to come to a point where he put his faith in Christ. Listen to me. Faith is not hereditary. It is learned. At the same time, a, mother, a, a mother's genuine faith, an environment set up whereby children can be motivated, motivated to want that same kind of faith. Let me say this. If you have a pencil handy, you can circle that word for sincere in your Bible. Why? Because here's what I want you to write next to it. It means unhypocritical. Unhypocritical. You go, what do you mean? It was real without pretense or without a false facade. That's what sincere means. And he says this. He says this. I've been reminded of your sincere faith. Your attention, please. Paul never said, I've been reminded of your perfect faith. And how most of you moms flow around your house just holy and never making a mistake. He never said that. 
He said their faith was sincere. There, there was, it was not hypocritical. It, was with, it wasn't without pretense or there wasn't a facade. It was just sincere. It was sincere. You see, they had a real relationship with Jesus. And that, that was displayed in everything they did. You understand that as a mom... We gather around the table and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for our food. Lord, bless this food. But the love and the faith and the love for God is the one that that helped mom create the meal in the first place. To cook it out of love. To sit there. And, And come on, moms, you're looking at me like, you know how tired you are sometimes, but you know your family needs to eat. And you want to go to bed. And you're tired and you're just like... And you go and you stand in that stove and you cook and, you, and this is love. This is love. Moms, you know how tired you are when your children are just, they're at their wit's end and, and you still have to give them a bath and you're just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Just here, put on body spray or something. Just leave me alone. <laughs> but you don't. You take them and you give them a bath and you love on them. I applaud you, moms. Because love isn't just like, sit down, let's have a Bible study. Love is being displayed every time you do what you do. You see, Mother's Day for the world, it might be going out to eat, it might be some flowers, it might be for this or for that, but for the, for the Christian, Mother's Day is saying, thank you for what you do. Not only for your children, but for your grandchildren, and for your husband, and for the church, and for your community. Thank you. Thank you. I rebuke the world's definition of what they're trying to say a mom is not. That's ridiculous. God says, he created you so special, so wonderful, so amazing. So amazing. Sounds like I'm trying to get your vote or something. I'm not. So faith had come and taken up residence in, in a mother's heart and in a grandmother's heart. And now it was birthed and alive. And uh, these two mothers were completely sold out for Christ. They were drop-dead serious about their faith. And they were fully devoted and completely committed. And Timothy knew it. Timothy knew it. No one knows better than a child whether a parent's faith is genuine. No one knows. You go, how can this apply to us? Moms, dads, every one of us, if you want to instill an authentic faith in your children, then you better take your faith seriously. If you're going to go through the motions spiritually, Your kids will eventually see it, and tragically, they will do the same thing when you're older. When you're older. As you demonstrate your faith consistently, by what? By reading your Bible, praying, attending services, attending worship, bringing your kids to church to help them grow spiritually and participating in the life and the mission of the church, you're going to send a strong message to your children. And even, 
Everybody say it with me. Even if. And even if they walk away, they can never say, well, I saw my mom do it. They can say, mom was solid, dad was solid, grandpa was solid, grandpa, grandma was solid. This is solid. They never compromised. Were they perfect? No. They tried to be perfect? No. You need to get that out of your head. All they had was a sincere faith that was just, that was their house. That was their house. Their house was all about Jesus. It was all about love. It was all about God. It was all about that. My daughter, Talia, has done a great job raising my grandkids. And Grandpa is notorious for giving my grandkids sugar. I'll own it. I'll own it. You know, we get an icy, we get, I mean, she goes in my office, that's Candy Central. I mean, that's, she knows it, so does Bubba. And my son-in-law looks at me like, don't give him any candy, and I try to hide it from him so he, so he doesn't know. <laughs> but every now and then, Mom, I know, I know how Talia is, she'll look at the ingredients to make sure that, that there's nothing in there that's going to even be harmful to her kids. Oh, look, it has aspartame, it has this, it has this, it has red's diet and all that. She, we do that for our kids so that they don't have a tummy ache or feel bad or all of this stuff. And how much more do we need to do that in the spiritual realm? This is not good for you. This is not good for you. What comes in the eye gate stays in the heart. We've got to be careful. got to be careful. You go, Ben, what, what, what should we do? Okay, again instill an authentic faith, a sincere faith. That's all. That's all. That's all. Let me give you three. Instill a desire to minister. The third way to impact our children is to instill in them a desire to minister. See, after Paul preached at Lystra and Timothy was converted, he returned a short while later. The story is found in Acts chapter 16, 1 through 3. Jot that down. Acts 16, 1 through 3. It says, He came to Derby, and then he came to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along in the journey. This is where we get the idea that maybe dad was not really into the picture a whole lot. It says that it says that his mother was a Jew and she was a believer and dad, well, he was just a Greek. I don't want that for us men. If mom's a believer, dad's a believer. A hardcore believer. A sincere faith. This, this is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Now, I see three qualities in Timothy that we can apply that were no doubt passed down from mom, okay, and grandma. Once again, these are for all of us. Note with me. Jot this down. Number one, Timothy is a strong believer. How do you know? He's called a disciple. He's called a disciple. Now, catch this. A disciple is a learner and a follower. A disciple was one who is serious about Christ, not just going through the emotions. He was serious. He was serious. He's called a strong he's a disciple. We went through our Matthew study, and this is where God was calling all of us to be disciples. He was wanting us to move from the point of just, 
of just sitting in church or being attenders to going, I'm going to follow, I'm going to be a learner. I'm going to, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to follow Christ. Do you realize, and I want you to jot this down, do you realize the Bible only uses the term Christian three times, but it uses the, the, the term disciple 258 times in the New Testament? So God is calling us to be much more than just a Christian. He's calling us to be a disciple. Number two, number two, Timothy had a good reputation. The believers in the area, they spoke well of him. Oh, that's Tim. Yeah, that's Timothy. People knew him as a man of integrity and a man of his word. He was rock solid. And again, this had a lot to do with his mother and his grandmother. Not to disregard his father. I'm sure his father was probably a good man. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to integrity... And it comes to faith, we see in our story, that was passed down from grandma and mom. And mom. He had a good reputation. As believers, you ready? Our yes should be yes, our no should be no, and we should be people of integrity. Wholeness. We should be people of our word. You go, what do you mean? We get in trouble. We get in trouble when we, when we know we can't do something, but we don't want to let anybody down, and we try to do it anyway. Sometimes we can't do something. Hey, can you do this? No, I'm sorry, I can't. That's not going to work for me. Because we need, to be, we, need to be, we need to be people of our word, and then we need to be people of the word. I bet mom and grandma had a lot to do with that. The third thing I see, you guys see this, is he was available. He was available. Do you see that? When Paul, when, when, when Paul tapped him on the shoulder uh, to go, he goes, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready to minister. I'm ready to go. Why? Because Paul had a love for God. I mean, Timothy had a love for God, and he was ready to go. Listen to me, church. This is for me. This is for you. Every one of us has all these things in the world. We have jobs. We have families. We have uh, extracurricular activity. We have hobbies. We have things that we like to do. None of them should matter when it comes to the service of God. We serve God. And I'm talking specifically hobbies and other things that we need to do. Don't, please don't. Well, my family just going to starve to death because I've got to be at church. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay? This is how it always should be. You ready? God, give me an amen. amen. Family amen. and ministry. You see, these go hand in hand because if you put family first, you're ministering to your family. But don't put ministry down here. God, family, football, golf, all these things. Oh, and then, and then yeah, no, it's, it's listen, and, and this is Timothy. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. He was eager to minister. He was eager to minister. God is calling every one of us. We don't need to be 
just able, what do we need to be? Available. We need to be, I'm here. I'm here. Hey, Jeremiah, can you, I'm here. Let's go. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? You know what, you know what Satan's strategy is for the believer? B-U-S-Y. Just keep us so busy, so busy, that we don't get the nutrient, the nutrients we need. We're just so busy. I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. How many of you know how you hit the ground running every morning? Boom! You're you're busy. And and, no, no, no. We need to be available. Lord, what do you want? What do you want to do today? What do you want to do today? Let's see if I can bring this all together. Mothers, since it's Mother's Day, God bless you. You can make a significant spiritual impact on your family with or without the help of a father, if that's the case. I would pray that together you do it. And how can you do this? You can do it by instilling a respect for Scripture, an authentic faith, and a desire to minister. Just serve. Just serve. As we close... As we close, I want to applaud all you mothers who take the task seriously of making a spiritual impact in the lives of your children. As Proverbs 31:28 says, her children arise and call her blessed. Proverbs 31:30 says, a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. If you're here today and you're a mom who takes your faith seriously, then I say, I will call you blessed and praised. Blessed and praised. You see, we praise God for mothers who worship and adore the Lord and then pass that legacy on to her, their children. Their children. So let me do this. I want to finish this morning by reading a, a poem entitled, My Mother. Listen to this. My Mother... Your love I know, I've seen your tears. You've given to me my life. You've walked through the hours and the days and the years of heartache, toil, and strife. To see that I could have the best that you could give to me. You gave up needs and often rest. You viewed eternity. To do his will, my highest call, and by your special care, I stood and walked and did not fall. You held me up in prayer. Though strands of gray may brush your hair and miles divide our way, I know that by your quiet prayer, you've helped me day by day. You've shown me how to give to share, to put my own needs last. You've helped me see and be aware this that life is soon so past. To spite your love, I would not dare For there's not another who spreads her gentle love and care like you, my loving mother. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for Mother's Day. We thank you for what we've learned and how we can apply it to all of our lives. We thank you, God, for our moms. We thank you for our grandmas. We thank you for women in general. We thank you for little Mary, Lord, who brought in the Savior of the world. We thank you, God. As the world celebrates, we don't celebrate. 
We love our moms and we thank them for what they're doing. We thank them. We thank them for a sacrificial life. We thank them for tears they've cried on our behalf. We thank you for dads. We thank you for dads who have have taken their walk seriously to raise our little ones. We thank you for Sunday school teachers who, Lord, who sacrifice on a weekly basis, God, here at Calvary to raise our kids in the word of God. Lord, it's not a task. Lord, it's a calling. We thank you for all the moms, Lord, that, that reached out to neighborhood kids and made them tortillas and blessed them and told them about Jesus. We thank you for neighborhood dads, Lord, who took in their friends, their friends, Lord, uh, their friend's friend and taught them the scriptures so that one day he would pastor a church. We thank you for our dads who may have not known much about the Bible, but loved us with a sincere and genuine love and did the very best they could. We thank you. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I never want to leave a time without giving you an opportunity to surrender to God. So you might be here today and you might have been saying, Pastor, you were saying some things. You were talking about sincere faith. You were talking about being born again. You were talking about having a real relationship with God. I got to be honest with you, Ben. I don't know if I have that. I don't know if I really have that, but I want it. I want, I want to, I want what, what people have. I want that sincere faith, that walk with God. And I know how you're feeling today. If you're here, you might feel like you're a million miles away from God. Lord, what am I doing here? Well, my mom asked me to come, and so I came, or whatever the case might be. But now all of a sudden, God is knocking on your heart. Listen, that's God. And he's going to ask you to do something so amazing, so, so, so brave. You go, what is he going to ask me to do? In a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so God can see your heart. What do I have to raise my hand for? So God can see your heart that you're sincere about this, that you're ready to surrender. Well, Pastor Ben, I gave my life to the Lord when I was eight, God, or when I was four, when I was 16, whatever it might be. But, but listen, maybe today you're going, hey, I need, to, I need to come back. I hadn't been walking with God. And today he's given you an opportunity. He's, a, he's got his arms open wide. And the Heavenly Father is saying, would you come? Would you come? I love you so much but it's got to be you. It's got to be you. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, everybody praying in this room, is there anyone today in the sound of my voice that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you that you're saying, I surrender to Jesus. I give my life to him once and for all. Would you just lift up your hand? Would you say, Pastor, please pray for me. Nobody will see you. I'll see you. God will see you. But you got to lift up your hand. It's between you and the Lord. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else just lifting up your hand, saying yes to him? 
It's between you and Jesus, and I appreciate you so much. Lord, thank you. Lord, I thank you for the hand that was raised. May your Holy Spirit just move and guide in him that a sincere faith would just follow in his heart and he would say yes to you. If there's anyone here that's like, man, I don't want to raise my hand, but I don't know. I'm just like, ah. May your Holy Spirit just continue to do work because we believe God. We believe your Holy Spirit is working. So Lord, with a sincere heart and prayer, I thank you for all the mothers in here. I thank you for all the grandmothers. I thank you for all the wives. I thank you for all the women. And I thank you for our little church that can pour into our children's ministry. I thank you for mom saying yes to do that and dad saying yes. We couldn't do it without you. And so we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.